Hey, welcome to NBA Hang Time. I'm your boy, Mr. Bradstone. I'm here with the one, the only, T-Ball. What up, Mr. T-Ball? What's up? Good to be here. Good. We're here to talk NBA and NBA only. That's why it's the NBA Hang Time Show, the uh, partner in the Heat Waves Networking uh, podcast. I am ready, sir. All right, I'm going to go right to you. Uh, we're going to talk about that Warriors versus Kings game where it was just unbelievable. Tell them what happened. Yeah, it was a pretty crazy game. Uh, Steph Curry and the Warriors took on the Kings, um, I believe, just the other night. Um, Basic Saturday was that game. Yeah, pretty crazy game. Um, There was actually a record broken combined for 40 winners in a game. First game in NBA history with both teams had made 23 pointers. Um, I know uh, Steph Curry had 10 of those three-pointers. He was 50% from that three-point field goal percentage. Um, They actually interviewed Steve Kerr after the game, and, you know, it's funny. He he said it was a great game to watch. Um, He said every time they turned the ball over, though, it turned out to be a three for the Kings, Um, either that or or a dunk. Yeah, so the Kings uh, had 29 points off of turnovers. Uh, Most of those were threes. that was a franchise record for the Kings as well. There was also multiple players uh, who had made at least eight three-pointers. That was the first time in NBA history as well. Um, So it looks like the new situation we have going on in the NBA and with these players today is that a lot of players are saying this is the new generation of basketball. Um, They had quoted... Yeah, they had quoted um, Green... Um, uh, after the game and they were talking about defense because he won defensive player of the year last year they were asking him about um, how this new generation of basketball is playing and he was basically saying there's no D anymore it's just too hard to play defense there's none no defense in the NBA yeah and I you know it it could be a you know a lack of effort. It could just be the way the teams run nowadays because that's what a lot of it is. I mean, I think there's not one single player on their team that can't hit from outside. So yeah, even Green. Uh, you know what happened the other night um, in that Kings and Warriors game. Um, I know Steph Curry um, is the eleventh. This is the eleventh time Curry made at least ten three pointers in a game, which is phenomenal uh, in itself. I mean, I was reading that just earlier too and I was just like are you kidding me and I think the next closest guy is actually LeBron with like six or something like that or maybe it wasn't even him yeah I, I couldn't tell you there um, that's that's a lot of three points um, having ten or more three pointers in a game you know we probably won't see that again for a long time I know he just passed Kyle Korver for fourth all time on the three point field goal list he is now five away from tying Jason Terry which he's and obviously good yeah, and he's got a little ways to go if he wants to catch Reggie Miller at number two and Ray Allen at number one. Well, really, um, let, me, let me throw the stat out there real quick. I'm glad you sure. said that because it's he's really not that far off. He's really not. He's uh, I think he's only like, what, like maybe 500 behind. And what's crazy to me, the stat I'm going to throw out to you is the fact that he has played in only like 600 games compared to Ray Allen and uh, Reggie Miller, who both played in well over a thousand games, and he's only 500 behind him. That's crazy to me. Yeah, and he's still got a lot of playing time left. That's so what, if that's he what I'm keeps, saying. yeah, if he keeps going at this pace, he's going to shatter this record. Which so. makes me sad because I love Ray Allen. I loved watching him play. I loved watching Reggie Miller play. 
Now, what blows me away even more is Jason Terry was in the top four. He's top or top three. That I would never even pictured him being in the top three ever. Would you? I mean, looking back at it, when he was playing, they had that streak with uh, Dirk. Yeah, the Mavericks were having that run at the playoffs back in you know 2009 through 2011 or whatever it was. Um, he got a lot of looks on the outside. That was basically their go-to outside guy. He was kind of like their Steph Curry. You know, if we need a three, we're looking for Jason Terry. So that was basically his job at the time now. So, I, you know, I didn't know he had knocked down that many. I know he played for quite a while, but uh, for him to be that high on the list, yeah, I, did, I honestly didn't think he was that high. No, absolutely not. Hey, also, the Kings did set their own franchise record with 23 pointers made. Did you know that? Yeah, I, mean, I did not. For the Kings, since who's who's really ever played there besides uh, Webb and freaking Jason Williams? Yeah. Aja Stoyakovich or whatever. There, I mean, there's not really anybody who's really played for the Kings. So, But that's good for them. I'm glad they got that. And yeah, it's kind of crazy. And that, I mean, the Warriors still ended up taking that game 127 to 123. It seems like if you want to win a ball game, you have to score at least 110 points nowadays. Hell, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm looking back to Friday's games, um, <clears throat> and if you just look back at some of these Friday games, it's like Jazz and Cavs 117.91, Timberwolves and Magic 120.103, Heat and Wizards 115.109, Pacers and Bulls 119.116, Celtics and Mavs 114.93. 109-100 between the Nets and Grizzlies. Bucks put up 144 points on the Hawks Friday night. Like I said, it's almost like if you want to stay in contention whatsoever now, you have to have the three-point game because like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast here, that seems to be the new generation of basketball. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of crazy to me that, you know, that's the game has changed so much and that's why when we first had that MJ and Kobe LeBron debate, the very first thing I started out with is you have to look at the generations of basketball. Obviously, the generations of basketball that you and I grew up on is a whole nother game than the generation of basketball they play. It's basically, oh, let's just shoot. There's no inside play. There's no working of the ball. If you watch the old school 80s, 90s, uh, you know, Celtics and uh, Lakers like matchups, if you watch those guys play, if if there's a, like a layup or a dunk, it's usually on like a fast break or, or they're just running it because they're in transition. Every other time after that, they're swinging the ball around, they're moving it, they're setting up plays. That's not the NBA today. It's just like, oh, I have an open look, I'm taking it. As, yeah, it's all know, fast break and what you can get on the fly and how quickly you can shoot and get a shot up. And it seems like it's almost like padding your stats in a way because they they throw up shots really fast. And of course they you know crash the boards and get their offensive boards, but then they get like two or three tries at a time because defenses are so lazy they're not getting to the defensive rebound. So then offenses are getting more and more opportunities and more people are getting more stats. Well, that's because you got this generation of basketball now with LeBron, who, in my opinion, has ruined the game of basketball, being at a power forward size and you're playing the point guard position. It's just like everybody wants to be that player now. I want to be this big dominant player and still be able to shoot the ball. And that's what seems that's what kind of fades me out of the NBA anyways. It's just like everybody wants to shoot. 
nobody wants to play the position they're designed for if you're a small forward or you're a power forward or you're a center you get the paint in the block or you get you or you get the ball in the paint or you get the ball down on the block and you do your job as a power forward or center and you look for layups or short shots as compared to these small forwards who are setting screens so they can get the looks to the shooting guards and point guards um it's not like that anymore it's just like a good example joel Embiid. i mean look at that guy he, oh my what, god they're ruining his career over there i'm i was so happy for the jimmy butler go marquette it's just it's stupid the design that they got them running he's out there standing at the three-point line while jimmy butler and uh ben simmons drive in or shoot jump shots they're not having him isolate down on the block it makes no sense so late for jimmy butler i think that was one of the conversations he had with his coach he's like why are we not isolating for me like saying exactly what I'm saying it's like why are we not running basketball like basketball should be ran and that all takes me back to my my argument or my point of whole the whole LeBron James ruining everything it's like it doesn't matter your size anymore you could be seven foot eight fucking 500 pounds um and if you're good if you got enough ball handling skills oh yeah bring the ball down the court if you want to throw up a three it's whatever as long as we're winning ball games like that's not the type of basketball like that i like to watch it may be it may be exciting to this new generation of people who are like oh yeah i want to see more points and i want to see everybody shooting up shots and it's just like yeah and then what happens when your team loses why is that guy shooting the ball or why is that guy getting a look out here or why is this guy doing that it's just ridiculous to me. Like you should never see a player like Joel Embiid shooting a three point. Like no, that should not. Lopez. I mean, he's swapping him. I was watching this the other night. I mean, just oh, for my bucks, duh. He's he's the center. He's seven two. He's out there shooting threes, man. I mean, swapping him. Might might I add you? He hit like five in a row, and then they called timeout. Finally, I swear five in a row. It may have been a couple weeks ago, but still, it was just amazing. But they just don't have no business out there. But then you got to make the case for Kevin Durant because what is he basically? He's a center all the way through point guard, and he plays the block and he runs out there and shoots threes. Yeah, it's just a crazy game of basketball now, and, and I think uh, you know going back to Steph Curry here, I don't I don't think he's helping that cause either. I mean, if you watch that guy, he's throwing up shots that people back in the day would get benched for taking. Um, oh, absolutely, half court threes. Like, yeah, like, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, he is averaging 29.4 points a game. He's shooting 49% from field goal and 45 from the three-point arc. So, I mean, it seems to be working out for him. But, like, it seems now that, like like I said, that's the generation of basketball we're looking at now. It's a whole other game. So, it's really, I think if you just made everybody the same size, same weight, it would be no different than the game we're looking at now. Yeah, not to mention the fact that uh, going back to the Joel Embiid thing is that their coach is designing all this stuff that way. And it's like, okay, you don't want him to take the heat. And also, you don't want to take the heat. But at the same time, you know, for taking these crazy shots and having him out there at the three-point block when he's like seven foot, guy dominates in the paint. I'm not sure why he's out there on the three-point line like we were talking about. Yeah, okay, if you can hit him, cool. But I'm, that's not where I'm going to have you primarily. He, They are wasting his skill. They're wasting... Uh, Jimmy Butler there, and they're wasting Ben Simmons together. That is a amazing three guys right there that they're not us- utilizing right. And it all goes back to what you're saying about how everybody wants to be to LeBron. They want to put 
you know, all these guys in these different positions try to make all these mismatches like that. It's like, no, you were there to play a certain position, okay? You came out of college as a center, you're more than likely a power forward or a center, depending on your size, your height, and how you play. But it's like, come on, play the position where you're supposed to be at, run some actual plays, not just all screen for the, the ball handler twice, and then he shoots some crazy fadeaway or whatever. That's exciting, cool. But I mean, like we are, we're old school. So, I mean, I guess everybody else probably doesn't like us. So they don't like, you know, all the rhythm and, and teams playing as actual teams and not just one dominating player. But they just need to do it the right way. I'm tired of seeing it too. So, all right, let's move on to the next thing. Uh, another Marquette guy, man. And probably the best player to ever play there at that college. None other than uh, Dwayne Wade. He actually set a huge milestone that only MJ and only, as sad as I got to say it, LeBron James have done, which now there's only three players in NBA history, those two I just named, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and now, of course, Dwayne Wade. And uh, with NBA history with 20,000 points, 5,000 assists, 4,000 rebounds, 1,500 steals, 800 blocks, and 500 three-pointers, the only three players in NBA history to have at least 20K points, 5K assists, 4K rebounds, 1,500 steals, 800 blocks, and 500 three-pointers. I just thought that was amazing. Amazing thing I seen him do the other night. They weren't shooting that great in that game, and he's just a veteran. He's just a great underrated guy. Still underrated, I think. Yeah, I mean, over the last couple of weeks, um, I think his best game was against Minnesota, which was on December 30th. He put up 21. He was 5 for 10 for field goals. He had six rebounds and four assists. These other games, he's only averaging like 10 points a game. Um, I think through the regular season, he's actually only averaging 14 points a game. Um, I'm not doubting his skill level at all. Don't get me wrong. The man is one of the best. Um, which I'm still confused on why he went back to the Heat. Like, if you just plan on if you're planning on going back there, why'd you leave? And I know you're trying to help get a championship, but why would you want to help someone like LeBron win a championship when he's already got his ring? Like, yeah, he came to Miami. He helped you get, you know, a ring or two, but you got to give credit where credit is due. One of those rings would not even be possible if it weren't for somebody we had mentioned earlier, Ray Allen. Absolutely. If Ray Allen, if Ray Allen doesn't force that game seven, LeBron doesn't have that other ring. So, um, I don't know. Dwayne Wade's a great basketball player. He's played the game for a long time. I think he's a not only a great role model for the game of basketball, um, but he plays the game the right way. I just I, I don't think he has a lot of help there. I think there's a lot of issues with with other things. Age is a thing, but just an all around great player. I had to I had to throw that out there. It's just only three players in NBA history has ever done that. Um, Dwayne Wade, man, congratulations. Uh, I, I I probably see him retiring in the next year or two maybe at the end of this season who knows he's getting a little slower looking a little slower but he's still a great basketball player like we were talking about um and a great oh yeah, yeah. just a great I mean, guy all around he's making the all-star team this year at however old he is how old is he now uh he's in his 30s i don't know i mean one of the oldest players in the game right now he's 36 years old so oh, yes. 36 year old um, out of you know, out of his prime, on a not so very good team. Um, he's got knee injuries, back injuries. I mean, he's along in the twos, but he's still putting up the numbers and still has that popularity. He's still good enough to make this all-star team. So, yeah. Um, I do have a couple stories in the NBA. Um, I won't get too heavy into detail here, but um, 
now I don't know if you've heard about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, they're coming um, fire the other day. Oh, Thibodeau. Yeah, Tom um, Thibodeau. Uh, they released him, uh, which I'm sure a lot of people, you know, were pretty shocked over. Um, I mean, the Timberwolves are doing pretty well right now. Um, but, yeah, I guess a lot of the players and stuff like that were wondering what was going on. It basically went on to say the Wolves players were stunned by firing of Tom Thibodeau, which ESPN released an hour ago. Um Basically, uh, the Timberwolves star Carl Anthony Towns said Monday that no one saw it coming when asked about the firing of coach uh, team president Tom Theodore the day before. In fact, Towns said he uh, told assistant coaches last week that he felt the organization was gaining so much needed stability that he was finally feeling comfortable within his team scheme. Uh, I jinxed that badly, Towns said Monday after the Timberwolves 19 and 21 gathered for their first practice without Thibodeau. Um, so, you know, they're headed in the right direction. And if, you know, if you got your players saying we have finally some stability, they're getting comfortable. Uh, it's just weird to me that you would release, um, you know, a coach that, I mean, a 19 and 21 is not the best record, but. I think it has a lot to do with maybe uh, him not having success over the last few years. And just the Timberwolves in general have not been a good team and. Well, hell, since Kevin Garnett played there, I mean, even then they were average team to, you know, a little above average, but I think it has a lot to do with that. Or, you know, I always thought highly of the guy. He's, he's always a good coach and stuff like that, but I just, he doesn't have any talent there. And, and then he had Jimmy Butler and then traded him off for really not very good picks, a bag of peanuts, if you will. And uh, he's just not having success, and they're trying to turn it around, which, you know, just let him finish out the season. I, would, I hate that when they, they let a guy go during the – after like 10 games or after, you know, midseason. Just let the guy finish it out, see what he can do, base his performance on that, and then let him go at the end of the season. I mean, because obviously they're not going to make the playoffs. You're telling me if they let, they let him go or whatever, like they have, they go out and get this other coach or have an interim coach and have him plug into the system and he's just going to start winning ball games and they're going to go to the playoffs? No, it's not going to happen. So you got to think realistically. It's like, let the guy, you know, coach out the rest of the season, see how it goes. Maybe he can turn it around. Maybe he won't. Let him go if he doesn't. And if he does, then, you know, you make your decision then. I mean, they do have uh, Derek Rose over there. I know Derek Rose was very close with Thibodeau. Um, right. Uh, I know That's Derek Rose. That I can think of. I know Derek Rose said he was heard about the decision, but the Minnesota Timberwolves, they may look to the the Sixers assistant, uh, Monty Williams, who is a player's coach. Uh, well, I can already guarantee you the Timberwolves will not turn it around. They will not be a playoff team. I mean, I'm just going to tell that right now. I'm just going to say it right now. Obviously, 19 to 21, you're telling me in you know half a season to go. Well, a little over half, obviously, but you, you're just going to have this other guy come in and win. I, I don't think so. So, I mean, that was just kind of like going back to my argument of just how let the guy finish out the season. Right. Now, in other news, I know uh, Kevin Love of the Cleveland Cavaliers is unclear on return to court after his foot surgery. Um, and I know, speaking of Derrick Rose, um, he's under the gun here. Um, I don't know if you've heard, but there was an interview of people, you know, saying he had a bunch of doubters and he said to all my doubters out there, you should kill yourself, which is not a really right. good move on his part, but he did apologize for it. Uh, but he's taken a lot of heat for that. Well, absolutely. I mean, if anybody in politics or, you know, big name actor, actress, or any professional sports player goes out there and says that, like, one, I don't know why your agent didn't, like, just tell you to shut the hell up and, like, get you out of there right then and there. But, 
you just don't say those things. You can't say those things, especially not nowadays when there's so many crybabies in the world that people will take that literally and people will go kill themselves. I mean, it's, it's freaking stupid. Or somebody will try to sue you over some words like that. It's just, it's right. not the time and place. Be professional. Come in there and be like, yo, you know what? You don't like the way I'm doing it? Then don't watch. Don't don't come to the games, uh, you know, screw off or something. You know, go kill yourselves. Yeah, that look, makes you look real good. You know, I just hoping it wasn't one of those issues like you just came off a big loss and you were kind of in the moment in the locker room and they caught you at a bad time. It was kind of like, um, I don't know if you remember back in the day in the 90s, uh, former Detroit Pistons player uh, Isaiah Thomas. Um, they had just came off a huge, I think, uh, Eastern Conference uh, championship loss to the Boston Celtics. And him and Rodman were basically going on and talking about if uh, Larry Bird uh, was black, he'd just be another basketball player. Uh, but because he's white, everybody thinks he's one of the greatest, uh, which was a bold statement because Larry Bird is one of the greatest. He's in my top five all time. Um, so, yeah, you, you, you got you to gotta, you gotta watch what you say, uh, where you say it, when you say it, how you say it. Uh, you're constantly under scrutiny um, and you know when you say something especially as a you know professional athlete or like you said you know um, you know a movie star or whatever if you're in the spotlight you're constantly being looked at and people are going to take your words and run with it so you definitely got to be a little smarter about uh, you know what you say nice um, want to go into um, our top four or our four or five lock teams that we think will make the east and west some predictions yeah, I've got. I think it's. I think it's basically you know queued up here. Uh, as far as I see it, you know, as, as far as the standings in the East, uh, right now the Raptors are number one at thirty and twelve, which I think the East has actually played a couple more games than uh, the West um, based on scheduling. But the Raptors are you know number one overall team at thirty and twelve. Uh, number two team in the East is the Bucks, which are 27-11 Pacers which is a big shock to me this year. They're 26 and 13. I don't know if uh, Larry Bird is still in that organization over there. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it's it's crazy to see them, you know, in the even in the top 10 um, in that Eastern Conference. Um, you well, know, they're usually pretty good every year, but I mean, they're down at the bottom of the round 8, 9, 10 spot. Yeah, and then you got the 76ers who have kind of fell off. They're number four in the East at 26 and 14, and the Celtics are holding strong at number five at 23 and 15. Now, so what's crazy is um, the number one team in the West is the Nuggets, and they're at 26 and 11. So if we're doing like power rankings here, you're looking at the top two teams in the whole league are both Eastern Conference teams. Um, And then it would probably go, oh, Pacers. 76ers so it'd be two eastern conference teams a western conference teams two more eastern conference teams and then the thunder um who are at 25 and 14 the warriors number two at 26 and 14 the clippers 23 and 16 and the rockets at 22 and 16 harden is balling out over there um I think if you know you can keep him hot and they can get something rolling uh the rockets might be in position uh to actually take that number three spot. Yeah, my top five for uh, the West was Nuggets, Warriors, Thunders, Clippers, and Rockets. Um, the Nuggets are going to have a hard time if they face those uh, Warriors in that Western Conference Finals because 
obviously the last three years it's been them so um, if you can beat them um, I think the Nuggets can take it all um, in past history the, the Eastern Conference doesn't do too well unless you have LeBron James on your team so absolutely and going, going back to the Rockets and, and James Harden you remember when we were actually talking earlier in uh, one of our other two uh, NBA hang time episodes we were actually the very first one I believe we were talking kind of early basketball and it's only been like 10 games in but uh, how how just horrible the, the Rockets were doing. Now they've turned it around, and now they're in playoff contention again. Uh, let me uh, let me round out my uh, picks that I think are going to make it in the uh, to the playoffs this year. Okay. Obviously, the Raptors. I mean, just Kawhi Leonard moving over there is just a huge move, and I God, they're just doing so well right now. They just actually beat my Bucks the other night, like I think by like six points, mm-hmm. and that was a high scoring game as well. Um, of course, I got the 76ers. I think they're going to turn it around. I think all this scrutiny and all this bullshit that they got going on and, and, and you know, Joel Embiid being out there at the three-point line, I think they're going to finally be smart and maybe move back in there and scheme right and they're going to turn it around and have a good playoff run. They had, you know, they made the playoffs last year, but they didn't have Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the Bucks could have went to the championship last year, didn't, lost in seven games. Uh, got them in there. That's obviously one of my favorites. You know, I'm a Wisconsin native guy that I love. Just love my Wisconsin teams. And the Celtics, man. If Kyrie Irving stays freaking healthy all year long, good Lord. He is so freaking good. And we're not even talking. We haven't talked about him one time tonight until now. That's what blows me away. He's so fantastic of a player ever since he came out of college as well. That's what I love about you know, NBA guys can come over and transition from college to NBA. I love that. And he's done it just freaking supremely. Now I'm going to move over to the West. Obviously, you got to have the Warriors in there every single year. They're just dominating force. Uh, Rockets, they, they've turned it around. I got them in there. James Harden is so hungry for it, like you were just saying. Uh, he deserves one. He's, he plays his ass off. Uh, the Thunder... Of course, you're going to be in it. Westbrook and, and Paul George are, and, or, and Steve Adams are not going to let you down. They're going to put you in the playoffs. Of course, the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets will stick around. They've already beat the Warriors. I mean, they've beat, I'm pretty sure, all these top teams already that we've named. Or it was a play, pretty close game either way. But uh, I just had those those top eight. I didn't add any more. I just thought those would be probably the, the top four best teams that are a lot to make the playoffs. And I wouldn't put it past if it was the Warriors and Celtics for the championship. Yeah, I'm just I'm just excited to see off you know series where um, I don't have to hear LeBron James's name every fucking five seconds. Um, well, no, he's, on the, he's in the West now. It's it's much tougher. Like we've said from day one on different podcast episodes, this is day not, one. Day if you one. had to come over to the fucking West, you have no chance. And right now, they're in eighth place in the West. Like yeah. LeBron's not been playing the last couple of games, but still, they're at they're I at mean, twenty one and nineteen. They're on a three and seven record over their last ten games. I mean, it, you know, everybody talks about how LeBron James is, is this big powerhouse and that he's going to get you there every year. Yeah, that might be the case in the Eastern Conference because the Eastern Conference, other than this year, is fucking garbage. They're fucking and garbage. Last year. Well, and last year. But it's it's like, yeah, like we just said, me and you have been saying it since day fucking one. Put LeBron James in the Western Conference and let's see how he does. Now, all these people are going to be like, oh, well, they were the last team in the league and now they're number eight right now. So look how much big of oh, a difference absolutely. he is. It's like... Well, yeah, when you put together a new scheme around 
a player who's you know top five in the NBA, of course you're going to do a little bit better. But 21 and 19 is not that much better, and it don't mean shit unless you're in the playoffs at the end of the year. So this might be the first year we don't we don't have to see LeBron James go in there and continue this and continue to ruin this game of basketball. Super excited for that. Now, me being an old Lakers fan, um, once he got there, obviously, um, I went to uh, being a Thunders, uh, you know, fan, uh, which they are number three right now at 25 and 14. So, like I mentioned earlier, you know, they're a great team. They're probably going to make the playoffs, but they just fade out towards the end. Um, and especially when you got a team like the Nuggets and the Warriors in front of them, they're going to have a real tough time. So, um, hey, what was that bold prediction that I made? I believe it was in the first episode or might possibly in the second episode, but that I said about the Lakers that they would lose how many games? Wouldn't it? Didn't I say they would lose like 40 games? Um, I don't remember. That was a little while ago. I think I said, and I'm going to stick with that bold prediction. I'm still going to keep and make that bold prediction right now if I didn't make it before. I know I said some number, and 40 losses sounds ludicrous, but look, they're already at 19 guys, and we're – you know, barely. That's that's forty games. It's halfway through, literally halfway through. There's no reason why they couldn't lose twenty games or twenty-one more games. I just I don't think they're that good. I don't know what the big deal is about. You know, okay, yeah, you got LeBron. That's awesome. And I was a Lakers fan too. Let me throw that out there as well. And and you can back me up on that, T-Ball, and a bunch of other people again too, because I'm a Kobe Bryant guy, and you guys all should know that shit. That we are yeah. Kobe Bryant guys from day one. Uh, but going back to what I was saying is, hey. LeBron's great and all, and but why are they hyping up, you know, Lonzo Ball? He's not even that good of a fucking player. Why is why is he even being mentioned as such a great player? Is it because of the stupid ass dad that just runs his mouth all the time? But the kid has the ugliest shot I've ever seen. Um, he's just not that good. He's overhyped. Um, I just the Lakers are not that good. Let's calm down, people. Yeah, I guess the first season LeBron is there. Yeah, they're above five hundred. Um, but they're not going to make some playoff run, some magical run. I'll stay. I'll say that right now. If they do make the playoffs, they'll lose in the first round. Yeah, well, they're definitely not going to make the playoffs, and I don't think anybody can make excuses for them this year. I mean, what possible excuse can you have for them? Oh, they're young. Oh, yeah, but look who you have. You know, in contention with those young guys, you got LeBron, you got Rajon Rondo, Javale McGee, uh, Tyson Chandler. You've got Lance Stevenson. I mean, you've got All some veteran guys. You've got some veteran guys there that are going to put you in the mix. And what was projected to be, you know, a playoff team is now, you know, failing everybody's aspirations. I mean, everybody was, oh, he's finally in LA. Oh, the greatest city in the world. He's going to get us another championship. No, motherfuckers, this is the Western Conference. LeBron James basketball in the Western Conference. LeBron James basketball only works in the East. Why do you think Absolutely. he stayed in the East? That's why he stayed in the East for so long. It was easier to win a championship there. Like we've been saying, there's no competition of small forward in that division or conference, I should say, or even his division really in that matter. It's 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 funny. Those, those LeBron fans are funny to me. I, and I want to call them millennials, but you know, most of them are that are LeBron people. They grew up watching him. It's like go grow up and watch Jordan play. Go grow up and watch Kobe play. Like, I mean that whole millen- that whole millennials thing is is pretty far stretched. Like we're technically considered millennials. I think it's the newer newer generation where these kids are like 
fresh out of high school. I think that they're the Generation X is what they're called. Um, yeah. But yeah, the end cap of the millennial generation uh, are definitely some LeBron James dick writers. And that's because they probably started watching basketball when they got into high school um, and they missed the whole Kobe and LeBron era. They're just looking off basically what other people are saying and then all they see is LeBron James and you know they probably didn't even really watch basketball back then. It's like, yeah, it's a whole other game. Like, you put LeBron James, and I've said it a million times, back on those teams back then, it's going to be another one of those Isaiah Thomas quotes. He's just going to be another black dude in the league. So, yep. Absolutely. No, not like you're talking about Jordan and, and people like that, but yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's what's crazy is, you know, you're talking about, you know, 40 lost teams. I mean, you've got two teams right now that are almost there. The Suns are at 9 and 32 and you have the Cavs at 8 and 32, which is funny. You're going to hear a lot of people and and quote me on this. Mark my words. Yep, you're going to you're going to hear you're going to hear a lot of people go, "Oh yeah, well look at the Cavs now that LeBron's there. Obviously LeBron makes that big of a difference because the Cavs are at 8 and 32. Man, they were fucking garbage last year dealing with a bunch of fucking injuries. Like this has been in the works for a while them being that shitty. Like if LeBron was still there right now, they'd probably be like 12 and 30. Yeah, especially the way he's playing or just the fact he's hurt or I don't know, he's a diva or whatever his deal is. But, yeah, I, I mean, I would say they're probably right there, about 25, 28 losses. I mean, or right where the Lakers are. I mean, they're about the same average team, except for there's Kevin Love over there. You got some, uh, uh, one veteran over there. But, I don't know, I'm just yeah. tired of hearing into arguments. I'm tired of, you know, all that. And, and it's finally going to show. We're finally going to show everybody what we've been talking about forever. And all those other guys that have been saying the same thing we've been saying for, what, like 15, 20 years, T-Ball, we've been saying, and we've repeated this like 10 times because we're going to do it again. So everybody understands and everybody finds out, you know, exactly how we feel is that LeBron, the Western Conference, is a whole nother ball game, bro. Now yes, you have to beat out. you got to beat out the Warriors. you got to beat out the Rockets. Um, the Nuggets this year, what the fuck? You know, and they, and they really don't have that great of a team, but they're still winning over there. It's yeah, just it, good luck, man. Good luck. I mean, I'm so glad you came to the West. I just, I'm pissed off he came to the Lakers, T-Ball. Yeah, I mean, he's getting so des- desperate, he's trying to force a trade with Anthony Davis from the Pelicans. So Exactly. Another thing I'm saying, like, LeBron James has ruined the game of basketball. It's like, whatever happened to where... You got drafted by a team, and you played for that team, and you won champions with that team because not of one player, because of everybody collectively. And now you have to put – now LeBron James has implemented this whole we need superstar teams to win. You know, it's it's just – like I said, it just ruins the game of basketball. Like, it's just horrible to watch now. It's like I don't want to see a bunch of superstars play on one team, play a bunch of superstars on another team. Like, you might as well just – you might as well just break it down like this. Take all the best people in the East. You might as well just have an all-star game every Every year. Take, take, Take the best players from the East. 10 of them, 11 of them, put them on the Eastern team, take the best players in the West, 10, 11 of them, put them on the West team, and just play 86 games of that. And that's yeah. what we can watch every year. And then whoever has right. the best record at the end wins the championship. Might as well just do that now. Where you come from with him ruining the game, he really does. But, you know, we're not taking away from any of his, you know, stats or accomplishments or how good of a player he is because LeBron James is a very good player. I will never not say that. So don't ever think I'm just, oh, I'm just that guy that just hates on him all the time. He's a very good player. I don't think he's the greatest player, 
that's ever played. I don't think he's the greatest player in the league. I think that's Durant, but that's on a totally different, you know, subject. But I can name, I can name at least three players better than him right now. And it's what's crazy. He's he's on a Lakers team that's ranked eighth in the West, and he still has like a million votes in the All Star game. He's just a popular. Like it, it would not matter how well he was doing. He's always going to be called. He could have three plus years where he's just straight garbage, and people are going to still say he's the greatest. Yep, that's just how it's going to go. But uh, you think that about wraps it up? Yeah, I think that's about good. Um, yeah, basically, uh, you know, if you guys have any questions or concerns or if anybody else wants to hear anything else, um, you know, you need some more information or you, you, you've got an argument you want to hear us talk about, we'd love to hear it. This is uh, NBA Hang Time. I am your boy, Mr. Bradstone, here with none other than T-Ball. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. And uh, stay locked. And uh, if you want to argue with us, let us know. Send us a voicemail. So. Keep it locked. We are uh, part of the uh, Heated Waves Network podcast. So thank you and have a good night. Thanks, guys.